Get up, get up, my mother said, shaking me urgently out of my bed. The neon green that cut through the dim told me that it was six o'clock in the morning. I rose before the sun had even risen above the horizon, and red clouds dotted the skyline. My brother would have already been awake for hours. The emails that he sent us every week told us that he was often up by four. Today was a big day, too. He could have been up even earlier to polish his boots to perfection. The house still seemed empty without him. He had been gone almost a month, pulled from us by the annual gathering. Every year, every single 18-year-old male is taken to camps for military training. It's a year-long programme until the next batch is gathered and the recruits are absorbed into the troops or the reserves, an ever-rotating crop of fighters. Over the years, it had become customary to host a parade in every city after the first month to show everyone how much they had already progressed. There were TV broadcasts, one of the few times that the screens on our walls came alive with the national anthem and interviews about pride and glory. They will be seen the world over. My mother was already dressed in her uniform of a white cotton shirt and black trousers. We need to get going if we want a good view. She pushed a white ceramic mug of coffee into my hand and left. She was rushing around the rooms collecting her keys and money into her pockets. I drank my coffee, but I wasn't hungry, as the anticipation of the morning twisted my stomach into knots. Please hurry up! I dressed into my own uniform, a neat khaki collared jumpsuit and boots. I allowed myself only enough time to look presentable, as Mother only continued to fidget with every ten minutes that passed. Some people had the same idea as us as we left the front door. The street was already beginning to bustle with people. We walked down the road, lined with identical glass and concrete boxes, brutes modified into houses or blocks of flats. People will have been camping out overnight, Mum pondered nervously as she scanned her eyes through the growing swarm. We should have done that. It's fine, I tried to reassure her. We can always push our way through. If you say so. But can we please pick up the pace? By the time we reached Market Square, we had become part of a monochrome flock. People were bustling everywhere. Families dragging distracted children spilled out of the trams. Packs of men gathered in the doorways of the inns. And anxious mothers clutched at each other in consolidation. The square was usually quite empty, like a small concrete desert. The council house stood like an emperor, proudly imposing onto his people. Today, however, the whole space had been transformed. The grand hall almost shrank into the stands of seating that hugged the perimeters. Already they had started to be taken up. Monumental flags billowed gently in the breeze, and underneath them you could just about make out the signs, the sound bites of known law. Words are facts. Function is effective. Art is useless. Words that over time have been carved into my head. Surely enough, there had been campers overnight sleeping under the stretches of black tarpaulin by the feet of the council. They had started to pack away, prepared to occupy the front seats before more of them fill up. 
Across the expanse, technicians hung from wires as they screwed in the last of the wires and cameras and microphones, ready for all of the pomp and circumstance that was about to come. The parade will start at ten, snaking its way from one end of the town to another. There will be a pause in the square for speeches and a drill to show off the young talent. I knew we should have camped, Mum moaned as she began to march towards the stands, already the front three rows were full. I don't know why it matters so much, I said, but of course I knew why she cared. She was hoping to get a best glimpse of her missing son, perhaps a stolen glance under a cap or a wave through the huddled crowd, prized more than any other treasure on earth. There would be thousands of other mothers like her, all vying for the best chance to send kisses through the breeze, all vying for the most perfect, proudest memory before they may never see their child again. I can't believe so many people are here, I wondered. Normally, my family had watched the broadcasts on the TV, and while the crowds looked huge on the screens, they could not compare to being amongst the surroundings. We are proud of our country and our boys. Obviously, we want to see them. Over the next couple of hours, the crowd swelled to capacity as people took their seats. Where they could not get one, the people piled on the pavements behind barricades. There was shouting, singing, and excitement everywhere you turned. Then, suddenly, the clock struck ten and the bells echoed through the town. It was time. There was silence as people held their breath. The parade has started, someone cries and the great screens fizz into life as live footage is broadcast to us. The people cheer. We all watch in revered silence, waiting for the moment that they close in on us. The camera cuts to a close-up shots of dominating tanks. The procession leader and young boys in neat blocks, clad with guns and swords that glint in the sunlight. On occasion, a family will catch a glimpse of their brother, son, nephew and point proudly or clap or hug each other as overwhelmed tears drip from their chins. It almost doesn't feel real. At last, the moment came when we recognised the buildings nearby. If you listened closely, you could hear the boots marching as they drummed out a beat. Spectators cheered in the distance growing louder and louder until at long last the noise came to a crescendo and the scene burst into view. Everyone lurched in their seats, trying to see just that little bit more. First came the flag bearers. There were two of them, one for Nottingham and one for England. Next, the tanks that made the ground rumble, followed by the local veterans, decorated with sashes and medals that clinked together. The leaders and the teachers... Then finally, the new recruits whose fresh faces etched with concentration as they tried not to lay a single toe out of step. Where's Jason? Mum asked as she leaned this way and that, trying to get a better view. I don't know, I replied, (coughs) ashamed that I could not identify him. I looked myself, but they were all nearly identical, dressed in the same exact outfit. They had the same haircuts, and the same hats shaded their faces, which were all cut with stern, steady expressions.
It was almost impossible to tell which one was my little brother. The centre of the square filled up with the recruits, and the tanks and veterans stepped their way to the sides. A trumpet sounded from the colonnade, and the mayor stepped out in his bright garb, a heavy red velvet cloak. Although it was just as plain as the rest of our clothes, it still draped luxuriously. He stepped up to the podium, and his voice boomed out through the microphone. Guests! Welcome to the 10th Annual Gathering Parade. The crowd cheered. Please, join us for the anthem. The brass band began to play, and every person placed their right hands on their heart and sang to the anthem. The chorus echoed throughout the city. May we once again celebrate the achievements of our young warriors. Already they have made us, our families, and our nation proud. The speeches continued as various people stood to discuss the occasion. As the people talked, the recruits stood almost motionless, save for the occasional twitch. But, in the centre, I could just about make out the movement of a head, just barely. One of the young men was searching through the crowd through the corner of his eye. His face was hard and angled, and his eyes were dark from exhaustion. I almost didn't recognise him until his eyes landed on mine and stopped. It was him. Mum, I whispered, pulling her attention from the speech. I clutched onto her arm, trying to guide her to my place. It's him. It's Jason. Where? I pointed slowly towards my brother, who maintained the eye contact the entire time. Mother waved gently, and while Jason did not drop his composure, his face softened lightening up by a shade. A gentle grin dared to flash through his lips, barely noticeable, but just enough for us to notice, before it disappeared, and he turned his attention back to the speeches. He looks so different, Mother whispers. She continued to gaze at where he stood. He's so handsome in his uniform. You must be so proud. I am. Me too. It was a moment that changed everything. As the older sister, I was used to being the one that protected him throughout the decades growing up. He stood there now as a different person, and it was the he who now defended us. I did not know how to feel. The speeches ended, and immediately the recruits snapped into drill, stepping in perfect unison to the beat of the bass drum. They twirled their bayonets, every movement intricately planned. No one faltered. They were like a flock of birds seamlessly weaving the most intricate patterns. It was beautiful and intimidating as they finished with the flash of their weaponry with a war cry. The crowd erupted into applause, a standing ovation. Some cheered and whistled, some waved their flags and others cried with all of their pride, too much to contain within themselves. They stood for only a moment to drink in the adoration and were off again moments later to complete their march. The tanks rumbled through the streets once more, and parents blew their last kisses through the crowd, the moment not long or close enough to truly be satisfied. The procession soldiered on, and moments later they disappeared around the corner. The noise faded, and just like that, it was over. The stands emptied within minutes to go home, or to join the others at the inns. 
and although some people lingered behind to watch the screens, the square grew as quiet as it always had been, only the sound of distant cheering and flags flapping in the wind, only the quiet reverence remained. That was wonderful, Mum said to me as we climbed our way down the bleachers. It was. I was still processing it, thinking about how grand the occasion was and how much my brother had changed, even in such a short time. I couldn't even imagine what they were doing on the camps. My head still echoed with the sound of the trumpets and the stomping footsteps. Do you mind, I said, if I go for a walk? Not at all, Mother replied, but be back home soon. I've invited a few friends round to celebrate, and you should join us. Thanks. I turned around and, without thinking, started to walk away from the council hall and away from the parade, seeking some sort of pause from the action that had just taken place.